You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. You're listening to episode 163 of the Well Woman podcast. This episode that you're tuning into is all about Chinese medicine for menstruation support. So thank you for being here, whether you're walking the dog, making dinner, driving to work. Thank you for taking the time to tune in. This episode is all about TCM for your period cramps, spotting, and stagnation with the beautiful Alison Lockie. Now, Alison is an acupuncturist and integrative health practitioner who's based over in Vancouver, BC, Canada. Alison has specialized training in treating fertility, reproductive health, and as a stage three endo warrior herself, she is extremely passionate about treating pain and symptoms of endometriosis. Now, Alison is a beautiful soul and we have so many laughs and rants and diversions in this particular episode, but you are tuning in to listen to tips on the differences between the four phases of the cycle from a TCM point of view. This is mind-blowing. You need to hear this part. We also talk about how you can support PMS, so those pre-menstrual cycle signs, along with what you can do if you have a stagnant bleed. So say you spot before you actually start menstruating. Then we dive into talking about period cramps and how TCM can support you with all of that. We dive into endometriosis and how both Alison works with treating her own endometriosis holistically, but also other things that TCM looks at when it looks at supporting endometriosis. And then we wrap it up by talking about how you can bring your cycle back into ultimate balance using Chinese medicine, along with daily Chinese medicine tips that you can use at home yourself for a consistent, healthy cycle. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it. Next week after this episode, we are diving into a new series. So I'm excited to share that with you and bring that to you over the next coming month. Have you heard? We officially have launched a brand new Well Women Academy. Yep, today's show is sponsored by this new signature membership program, the Well Woman Academy. Would you love to discover your own menstrual cycle, understand ovulation, master menstruation, and live cyclically? Well, your menstrual cycle membership is officially here. The Well Woman Academy is a monthly membership where together we study things like menstrual cycles, cycle tracking, cycle rituals, contraception, the feminine, eating and moving for your cycle, and so much more. It's the number one place to discover how to end cycle signs and PMS for good. For less than $2 a day each month, you'll receive access to over 150 live recorded classes and cycle-specific learning modules across a wide range of formats like written, audio, video, and home study. Not to mention every single membership gives back with menstrual cups to menstruators in need, thanks to our commitment with the COVA project. Join me and hundreds of women from all over the world inside our private Facebook community and online learning portal as together we awaken our cycle, reconnect our bodies and guide you to live in cyclical harmony. Learn more and join us at www.wellsome.com forward slash academy. Alison, welcome to the Well Woman podcast. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. Um, This is going to be a really interesting conversation, 
I'm really interested in all things TCM. And personally, I love everything around that myself and my own body and my own and my own health. But learning about it for others with their cycle, it's a very juicy topic. So I'm excited. Um, but before we jump in, I want to just ask you all the questions straight up, but tell us what mm-hmm. day of your cycle are you on and how are you <laughs> checking in in this moment? Like how are you tuning in today? Very good question. I am on day 26 of my cycle. Um, so I, and I actually ovulated a bit later than usual this cycle. So I'm just still kind of riding the high of post ovulation. Um, but so entering my luteal phase now I'm like, okay, I got to pay attention to see if I'm going to start getting PMS symptoms and what I can do to mitigate that. Okay. starting to start taking my tinctures and herbs to help prep for my period. So that's kind of the stage I'm in right now in preparation for my period. I love the preparation, the period preparation period. That's a tongue, that's a tongue twister. Um, because, and it was literally just before, maybe five minutes before I jumped on here to record with you. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd posted something about in autumn and how the people who are in, in a spring and in a summer of your life can support you whilst you're in autumn and then vice versa. Like, it's great that you're all in different phases of your cycle as friends or in a support circle. And, um, one of the girls, uh, just a follow-up, messaged me. I was like, oh, my God, I'm learnt, really trying hard to learn to love this phase of my cycle. And right. I think learning to embrace it, like you mentioned, um, with prepping for your period is so important. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure we'll talk about that because I'd love to get oh, all definitely. the details yeah. of, like, how you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell us, like, who are you and what is it that you do and how did you become an acupuncturist and get into integrative health? Yeah, so um, I'm Allison. I am a practitioner of traditional Chinese medicine based out of Vancouver, British Columbia. And I kind of got into Chinese medicine by accident. I'm originally an art school dropout. I moved to New York, went to go to art school, got very disillusioned, dropped out, traveled a bit, picked up this book about Chinese medicine and absolutely fell in love with it and knew that it was what I wanted to do. And so I decided to go back to school for it. And that's, and yeah, so that was just kind of, that was 10 years ago now. And I've been, yeah, in love with this field ever since. It's a big field and something Mm -hmm. very easy to fall in love with. What do you love most about it though? I love that it's, the whole medicine just mirrors nature. And I think that's how it just makes so much sense. Mm. Like we're all just this microcosm of the macrocosm and, you know, the seasons and all the different elements, how they live inside ourselves too. Like something just really clicked and made so much sense to me. Yeah. It's just so cool. For those who can't see me, I'm just like, mm-hmm, sister, sing it. Like, yep, yeah, yeah, yep. I'm going to break my neck soon because I'm just like, yes, I agree. Um, I One of my favourite sayings is nothing in nature rushes, but everything still gets done. Yeah. And nature is our greatest teacher. And so many yeah. of us are disconnected with nature. So, I, mm-hmm. yeah, so many ways yeah. we can, like, reconnect. So tell us. What about the menstrual cycle and TCM, so traditional Chinese medicine for those who don't know what TCM is, um, what about the link between the two do you love the most? And then let's dive into like how do they link together? 
Yeah, so I, I feel like the biggest part is that traditional Chinese medicine just places an emphasis on the menstrual cycle. And I think that in and of itself is just kind of revolutionary because it's not really something we look into in Western medicine. It's like, okay, there's a period. Okay, there's pain, there's symptoms, not a problem. Like it's, it's just kind of something that's glossed over and looked over, but it's actually like a really huge event in Chinese medicine. And there's a lot of emphasis on uh, preparing for it and recovering from it and how you can support your body and that there's these symptoms like PMS or period pain or whatever that give us so much information about our body that we can kind of put together and build all these little puzzle pieces and create this sort of giant picture of what's going on in the body. And then that's how we can learn how to support it. So juicy. I'm just like body information. I I, I could just ask you so many questions on that topic alone, (laughs) but before we go there, Let's talk about the different phases of the cycle. So everyone who listens to this podcast who's a regular listener knows that there's four phases of the cycle and we like to link them with the seasons so that helps us mm-hmm. live more seasonally and cyclically. Winter, spring, summer, autumn. If you want to throw in late summer for those who don't even know that that's a season that exists. Um, I do teach about that in my program um, as the fifth season of your cycle. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, that people don't. And they're actually, I really feel that there is a fifth season um, that does yeah. occur before autumn really kicks mm-hmm. in and after you've ovulated. And I'm sure you could like yeah. sense that yourself for your own body. Mm-hmm. Um, but how does Chinese medicine look at the different phases of the cycle? Because I love that Chinese medicine identifies and, like you said, has an emphasis on the cycle because so mm-hmm. much in Western medicine practices ignores the fact that your period is your health check, you know, yeah, to report exactly. um, so what is the outlook that TCM has on the different phases of the cycle? How do they describe it? Walk us through it. Sure. Um, so I guess let's just start with the menstruation is the bleeding phase is the blood phase of traditional Chinese medicine. That's kind of self-explanatory. It's when there's a lot of movement with blood in the body. And then the follicular phase, so the first half of your cycle is the yin phase. And so that is when the follicles in your ovaries are growing and it's this very like fluid, because they're fluid filled follicles. So it's a very yin nourishing time where we want to really nourish the yin blood, all the body's fluids, so we can support during that cycle and also rebuild from the fluids that we lost during our period. And then ovulation is the chi phase of the cycle and chi is in charge of movement and ovulation is the movement phase of the cycle. It's when the egg is released from the ovary and travels down the fallopian tube. And so we need really good chi movement during this phase. And there's also this really part of beautiful part of Chinese medicine that I would really love to briefly mention is that there's this heart to uterus connection. It's called the Bao Mai. And it's kind of this invisible meridian, but it has a lot to do with chi and ovulation because it's basically this heart chi needs to descend and be able to descend to the uterus for ovulation to occur. And in Chinese medicine, the heart is very much the kind of like the mind, the personality, the brain. They don't really have the brain as an organ in Chinese medicine. It's all kind of the heart. 
And uh, yeah, if your heart chi is stressed, then it can delay ovulation. And so I really just loved how that was. It's just such a beautiful way of how Chinese medicine explains how stress and emotions can impact the menstrual cycle like that. That is so And then there's the luteal phase. So the second half of the cycle is yang phase. And that is obviously dominated by yang and heat and motion and nourishing and stuff like that. And that is because it is the progesterone phase of the cycle where the body's thermogenic hormone progesterone rises. And so your body temperature increases. And so, yeah, that is that is young because it is, it is it's the warm, fiery element. Can we just go back to the ovulation phase for a minute? Because, yes. <laughs> because I was like, hold up, sister. What did you just say? So something that I'm really aware of as a natural fertility educator is the connection that the body needs to have when you're ovulating for your body mm-hmm. to have the ability to ovulate and how it needs to feel fully safe and supported. And if you think of the yogic aspect of that from the Indian lineage is that if your heart isn't open and supported and nourished, it closes mm-hmm. down and then your heart can close your yoni, not even just your uterus yeah. or your cervix. Oh, it's like wow. the yoni can Everything. be like in a heterosexual relationship, be like, I don't yeah. want this penis. Yeah. I'm closing this shot down. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a BV infection right. so, that, so I'll communicate that we don't want this thing in our life. And right. that's when our heart can be, you know, yeah. um, like closed off. And I love that you mentioned about that chi connection because mm-hmm. it's a great reminder for everyone who's listening that a lot of us, if we look at the Western approach, and this is why I love having this conversation, is that there's so many different ways you can look at how to bake a cake. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's no one way for health. Mm -hmm. And I think if I look at the Ayurvedic lineage of the cycle, the TCM lineage, the Western lineage, way, way, way back. And so everyone's a little bit different, even if you look at like the moon connections Mm -hmm. and just on that fact, which is my segue back to the heart chi is that if we look at the moons, traditionally, they would say that we would menstruate on a new moon and a new moon Mm -hmm. time is the yin energy. And therefore the ovulation would occur roughly around the full moon. And the full moon Mm -hmm. is the yang energy, which is the ovulation time, which creates movement and luminosity and all that stuff. However, people like, oh, this is my social time. I'm going to go dance with my girlfriends. And then they just party hard when you're like, hang on, the body still has to feel supported enough to ovulate. So there's this fine balance. I love that you mentioned this so much, Alison, because it's a fine art to be able Mm -hmm. to be in your yang and be really expressive in your outer yang life, not just the Mm -hmm. inner yang, but the outer yang so much so that your body can feel fully supported, held, nurtured and nourished to be like, yeah, I can totally ovulate if we fall pregnant and we can totally grow a baby here. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's it's definitely a heart opening, like safety free to move and to feel and to have that connection. Yeah. That's so nice. It's so juicy. Like, I love this conversation. Um, <laughs> and I guess another thing it makes me think of, and I'd love, to, I'd love your outlook on this because I know something that's really great in the luteal phase, particularly around like acupuncture is supporting ki- the kidneys, you know, mm-hmm. as you're stepping, you know, because it's such a yang element, but in that time of your cycle, but you're also working towards a yin aspect of blood yes. production and kidney support is so needed. Yeah, absolutely. But, 
I feel like a lot of people then get really angry and irritated and frustrated, like all emotions Mm -hmm. linked to the kidney. And people don't realize if we go back to what you mentioned about PMS symptoms, Mm -hmm. full circle, tell us what are the PMS symptoms that are most commonly linked to the luteal phase in TCM for it being like way too much yang right now? Yeah. Is that a good question? I'm like, it sounds good in my mind, but I'm like, yes, no, totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a little, yeah. The whole direction of like, yeah, PMS in Chinese medicine, there's the emotions and they portray to like the different organ systems, but PMS in Chinese medicine. So there's a few different organ systems going on that could be afflicted depending on what's going on with the person. And that's kind of like a really cool thing about Chinese medicine is that it's so personalized for what's exactly going on in your body. Like your TCM pattern for PMS is gonna be different than another person's. So it really all depends on the different symptoms that you're experiencing. But a lot of PMS in Chinese medicine is actually more liver focused. Kidney totally has a a play in it too, because the kidney is like the source of the utmost yin and the utmost yang, and that nourishes all the reproductive organ systems and all the other organ systems in the body too, but especially the reproductive organ systems. But the liver I find is very, has a lot of issues during PMS time because the liver in Chinese medicine is the organ of stress, anger, and frustration. And so when we aren't properly expressing these emotions, when, you know, our life is hard and we have all these responsibilities and, and we're not properly expressing our emotions and we're holding a lot in, it's really easy for our liver chi to get stagnated. And that is when, yeah, so stagnation, not necessarily like this abundance of yang energy, but it's more of like the stuckness of the chi that it's unable to move well throughout the body, or it's the body has trouble moving from that yang phase to back to that yin phase during menstruation. This all makes so much sense. And if you think about it, what do most people do when they're in that pre-menstrual phase? Is they like binging all the foods that have all the crap in them that's not good for your mm-hmm. liver and then that just gives more work to your liver to do. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So such a good overview. Thank you so much for sharing because I love that TCM's focus is the liver and Ayurvedic's focus is the gut. And I'm always like, but okay. the, gut and the, the gut and the liver are like, I don't know if you had this show in Canada, but in Australia we used to have this TV show when I was a kid called Bananas in Pajamas. Did you have that? <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. So to give it more context, I'll have to explain it a little bit better. But um, it was this show called Bananas in Pajamas. And they were two, okay. they were like twins. And these bananas mm-hmm. were like partners um, in life. They were like tw- basically twins. And they were called B1 okay. and B2. And when one of them was out of whack, the other one would like stumble over and fall over and be clumsy. And I always use the analogy here when I'm teaching like to Australians yeah. that, is your liver and your gut are like B1 and B2. Like when they're not in harmony right. working together, they're like clumsy right. and falling all over and they're lost. It's like, I just broke up with my partner. I don't know what to do with my life and what direction am I going? Um, and yeah. I find that in Ayurveda, they talk so much about the the beauty of a balanced digestive system and, a, and the balanced gut. Right. But there's no one that's better than the other. They actually are both needed so well mm-hmm. together. They're like the perfect fit. Um, and I yeah. love that you about the liver so how can people 
at home, you know, support their PMS or their cycle signs, as I like to call it, with TCM Mm -hmm. while supporting the liver? Like what are the best ways to do that? Yeah. So any, the ways that you can really just express your liver chi is uh, acupuncture. Acupuncture is great for moving your liver chi. And then then a lot of like stress relieving techniques or mindfulness, like yoga, breathing, meditation, all these things that kind of help move emotions throughout the body. So they don't feel emotionally stuck too. And then things like exercise, like actually really moving the body. That's so good for moving liver chi and getting that stuck energy out. Oh, that's good, especially because most people feel so mm, sluggish in that, yeah. late, especially that late or inner autumn phase. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, if my life, I feel uncomfortable and my body looks yuck and I don't want to see my friends yeah. and life's so hard. And I call that the slug phase where you're just like, yeah. looking, you're, you're like the snail looking for a new shell to be, be a new home. And you're just like sliding along the floor. Um, that's a really good, um, overview of the liver chi. Thank you. Um, let's talk about another com actually, before we go there, you mentioned your PMS symptoms that you're like doing all the things to support yourself. What are you like, what are Mm -hmm. your cycle signs? Because I think it's a really humbling thing to learn that even Mm -hmm. myself as a menstrual cycle educator and coach and natural fertility teacher, that I have some cycle signs from time to time too. Like there's no perfection. Yeah. Whatsoever. Oh no. So what, are, what are your cycle signs that you experience and how, what are your little things you do in your life? Like give us the insight. What does Alison do at home when she's supporting herself right now on day 26? Yes. Um, so let's see a lot of my PMS symptoms. I can definitely get a little moody, a little tired, some breast tenderness. These are all like very standard liver chi stagnation symptoms. Um, and then, yeah, I don't get cramps as much anymore. I do. I think it's because I have this huge, like self-care ritual around my period, but I do have endometriosis. And so a lot of my lifestyle already is just very much focused on what I can do daily diet, lifestyle supplement herbal wise to support my hormones and reduce inflammation so that I won't have the awful periods that I used to have. Um, I definitely take a lot of herbs. So I've been taking like those Elix healing tinctures. Sometimes I'll formulate my own oh, herbal formula. Oh yeah. Yeah. I They're like the little, I use them all okay. the time. because I sidebar, the side, we're going to go off topic here is that I have some too. They sent them to me and I don't yeah. know how to use them. Oh no way. <laughs> and they went, they went to all this trouble to send it to me all the way. Cause I think they're a Canadian brand. Um, or they're, they're the North American. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're definitely North American. And yeah. I'm like, and they've, they've sent them all the way to me with the delays and drama of COVID mail. And I'm like, okay, do I just take these tinctures whilst I'm menstruating? Or do I take these tinctures every single day of my cycle, all cycle long? Because they custom, talk about a little plug for Alexi, whatever their like they're, they're, they're technical brand's called. But yeah. I was like, this is really cool because they customize their tinctures for you mm-hmm. based on tackle yeah. signs. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know anyone else that uses them. And I've emailed right. them, asked them how to use the product, but I haven't heard back yet. So oh, no way. Yeah. how do you take yours? Um, <laughs> I take, yeah, I think I'll take like what, four, maybe four to six droppers in water. 
Um, and I'll just kind of like down it real quick and I'll take it like about maybe like the week before my period. I don't typically do many herbs during my period because my specific formula is very like moving because with my specific symptoms and body constitution yep. and with endo, there's a lot of stuck and stagnation. So I don't want to do too much moving while I'm actually bleeding. So I kind of say before, before, and then while I'm menstruating, just a lot of like nourishing, like chill right. supporting stuff. Great idea. That's really, and that's good to know too, because for people listening to this, especially um, like, for example, you mentioned you having endometriosis, endo is slightly different for everybody, just like PCOS is slightly yeah. different for everybody. Endometriosis mm-hmm. for some women can mean that they menstruate more than the average menstruator. For some women, it yeah. can mean that there's more pain than what there is mm-hmm. associated for the other, you know, average menstruator. And so just find for everyone listening, find what your body's best support is and do that. Don't copy what someone yeah. else is doing. <laughs> oh yeah. Because it's so different um, for everyone. It's so true. Mm, totally. Um, I totally interrupted and sidebarred you this. <laughs> I, oh, no, I can't great. even remember what we were talking about, but um, I did want to ask you, consider we're talking about cycle signs and periods mm. versus that in autumn time. Let's talk about period stagnation because I think that this is something that TCM does so beautifully Mm -hmm. you know creating movement and allowing the body to be forever in flow in some way whether that's the blood Mm -hmm. flow whether that's energy flow whether that's um, movement whatever it might be is stagnation so spotting before you actually bleed because some women spot for a few days before they bleed Mm -hmm what is your outlook on that? And then what is your outlook on, you know, having really stagnant flow when you're menstruating? Yeah, that's a really good question. Cause we see that a lot, like a lot of, a lot of people spot before their cycle or have, yeah, have a lot of signs of stagnation and not really know it and not know that that's what it is or what to look for. Um, so yeah, spotting before your cycle, I'm never too worried if it's just one day, maybe two days, if it's anything more than that, then I'm definitely concerned that there's something going on, possibly low progesterone or endometriosis or something else hormonally going on or inf- inflammatory wise, but it depends on the, the quality and the color of the spotting too. So I'll always ask my patients, is it really pale pink? Is it red? Is it brown? Because these are the, the things that are kind of helping me differentiate their pattern. So if it's like super pale, that's usually a deficiency. So it might be a spleen or kidney on deficiency where it can't hold the blood in. So it's coming out too soon before the period starts. If it's more of that brown color, then that's a hallmark stagnation sign because that's just the old stuck blood. And so that's a sign that we actually need to invigorate the chi and blood a bit more in order to help with that spotting. And then, yeah, it's also very common for periods to start really dark colored, that brown or just super dark red, gradually turn into that fresh, bright red, or then like end really brown and dark again. That's also kind of a hallmark sign to me that we need to help with the chi and blood flow a bit better. The circulation to the reproductive organs isn't as good as it could be. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my five-day Love Your Cycle mini course. This is a self-paced course to teach you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in less than a week. 
If you are a woman looking to rediscover your cycle, reconnect with your feminine in a new way, understand your cycle signs and what they mean, this is the mini course for you. Receive daily educational class videos and audios, along with action steps, cycle tracking guides, cycle prompts, and the Love Your Cycle 50 page ebook and audiobook. This is your chance to discover the things that you wish you had have been taught about your cycle at school, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle signs before they arise. It's your turn to join thousands of women from all over the world who have already taken this course to reclaiming and reconnecting with their bodies. And you can do this too for less than a fancy vegan burger in under a week. To learn more, head to wellsome.com forward slash shop. That's W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E.com forward slash shop. And use the code CYCLELOVE to save 20% off. Mm, So juicy. And I also feel too, this is my understanding and outlook based on my own experiences and my coaching experience. I'd love your outlook on this. But I feel that a lot of women experience stagnation in some way, whether it's pre-spotting, end spotting, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. discoloration in their menstrual blood. And I really see a big relation and connection with the world, the stress that's been on the world the last two to three years, um, life pressures, living in patriarchy societies where we're pushed to do things is like, I'm a business owner. I've got to work my bloody butt off. And, you know, (laughs) like people really struggle to slow down. Yeah. Do you, do you see that too? In Because oh, we're in yeah, different absolutely. countries on the different side of the world. So is it just here where I live locally? Oh, no, that's everywhere. Yeah, people are always pushing themselves too hard. And it kind of goes back mm. to what we were talking about at the very beginning about like Western medicine or just Western society or, you know, contemporary society doesn't really put a lot of stress on living in accordance with your cycle. It's just like, go, 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 go. It doesn't, you know, ignore your PMS symptoms, just push through it. If you're tired or on your period, like you just push through it and you just get through your day regardless. And you don't tune into your body and you don't give your body that that respect and tuning into it and trying to give what it needs. And I find this is actually a really funny thing that like, I mean, not actually funny, but that a lot of my patients (laughs) will tell me that they're tired before or during their period and I feel like a lot of the time it's not pathological it's just your body's doing a lot of things right now and you're pushing at the same pace as you were when you had all that energy during ovulation or the first half of your cycle and you just mentally think you can just continue to do that regardless of what your body's doing but you know, it's your body's doing a lot. A whole organ is building up this lining and shedding. And there's all these hormonal fluctuations going on in your body that are affecting every organ system, every cell of your body. Like, yeah, your energy is going to fluctuate throughout your cycle. That's very normal. Your mood, your mental energy, like a lot of things, your personality, how you want to show up in the world, that's going to fluctuate throughout the cycle. And a lot of that isn't pathological. It's our mindset that we need to push through it and ignore those signs that is pathological. A hundred percent. I, I could, I could speak to this so much right now. <laughs> I bet. I bet. <laughs> Let's start ranting. Yeah, um, you, you and me both. <laughs> um, no, I'm loving this conversation, um, Elle. Thank you. 
but it reminds me of it's probably a few years ago now you know I've been doing this for god a few years like eight years or something now seven years but it reminds me of this the it was like a um God, get it out, Gemma. It was a picture of like a woman who had like her fist pumping in the air and it said like, anything you can do, I can do bleeding. Yeah. And yeah. I agree. Like, man, I'm a, like, I'm a boss woman. I can, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you need to get something done. I can get that done whilst I'm bleeding. Can I also care for my children while I'm bleeding? Yeah, I can do all that stuff. But I do it if I really, 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 really have to because yeah. I also choose and know that I can, do anything bleeding, including rest. Yeah. So I feel that a lot of people have seen that and in the feminist movement are like, yeah, we can push mm. through. We can continue to be just like you if you know, you're, you're of yeah. the other gender. Um, when it's important to be like, yeah, I can do all those things, but I choose to rest or I choose yeah. to just slow down or I choose mm-hmm. to like not force myself and, I think that it's it's really a great opportunity for everybody to kind of understand that we don't have to force all the time. We can yeah. allow and we can slow down. Like in Australia, we used to have an ad for Energizer, which was a battery mm-hmm. a battery company. I don't know if you you have yeah that, we have it like too the Energizer Bunny. Yeah, I was like, okay, that is the men on that testosterone 24-hour cycle every day. It's like, you aren't like that. That's not your cycle. And I think that the more we become okay with embracing our individual cycle rhythms and stop comparing our cycle rhythms, you know, the more balance we can have. And I'm a heterosexual, my partner's male, and sometimes... I'm like, I can see he's in a bit of a funk and I'm like, baby, you're okay. He's like, I'm just in my inner winter. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, how can I turn up for you right now? And often he'll either choose, he, he like, cause he needs to have some rest and downtime too. Absolutely. So he doesn't burn out. And I think that, you know, if you're a man listening to this, it's not a lot of men that listen to this podcast, but <laughs> you know, it's great for them to live cyclically as well yeah, in their absolutely. own state and to have their own inner downtimes, like their yin phases and their yang phases. Oh, such a great conversation. I don't even know yeah. how we got onto this. Yeah. I feel like that's, yeah, I love that point that you brought up. And I feel like it's, it's almost like the evolution of, I don't know, the period enlightenment that the first stage is like, oh, awareness of the period as a thing. And then it's like, oh, I can do whatever I want, even despite this thing, this powerful thing. And then I think a step beyond that is is almost like, yes, I can do everything, but I'm almost more powerful if I tune into it and honor those cycles. That's when my real power and my real strength comes out because it's not, I hate viewing the cycle and how we feel differently throughout the month as a sign of weakness. I really think it's tuning into our body and giving into these very different strengths that we have at different points in our cycle. And each stage of the cycle has its own strength. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a superpower to be able to mm-hmm. be intuitive and grounded and have downward apana like flowing down yeah. as opposed to like, yeah, but guess what? In roughly like anywhere from 10 to 16, maybe for some women it's 25 days away, I'm mm-hmm. going to be like, 
on the top of my movement cycle and I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be seen. I'm going to be heard. I'm going to be mm-hmm. creative. I'm going to be loud. And that's a superpower too. Absolutely. So yeah. I think finding your own little balance is so good. Yeah. Oh, such a sidetrack from talking about <laughs> an important one though really important I agree um so what are the TCM tips for stagnation and does Mm -hmm. stagnation contribute to cramping now I know that there's two ways to look at that or there's multiple ways to look at it so I'd love your outlook on what we can do for stagnation, but also what we can do for cramping. And why do we get mm-hmm. cramping? Because people expect cramping when they bleed because I go, well, that's yeah. just part of the process. And I'm like, look, if your bicep is cramping for five days straight, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you're going to do something about it. And, can, you know, <laughs> that's a really good point. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, yes, it's just that time of my cycle. My biceps always really <laughs> cramping right now. I'm just going to live with it like this. And I just, this is normal. It's yeah. not normal to cramp. So, so no. sorry, sidebar. Um, yeah. Can you tell I'm like <laughs> really in my, my, my own inner summer? So what yes. is your, I love it. What is, yeah, what's your tips for stagnation yeah. and then cramping? Yeah. So basically pain in Chinese medicine means something is stuck. That means stagnation. Pain equals stagnation. So that means usually when it's referring to period cramps, that's chi stagnation, blood stagnation, cold causing stagnation. And it can also be a deficiency causing stagnation because when we don't have a lot of nourishment going through those vessels and they get, it kind of peters out and gets stuck fairly easily. And so there's a lot of different kinds of signs and symptoms that we can kind of ask you and figure out exactly what's going on. But I feel like most of the time for most people, period cramping, it's often stagnation of chi and blood with a little bit of cold. And so things that we can do to get our chi moving and our blood moving, acupuncture, herbs, exercise, uh, healthy emotional expression. So I'm a huge fan of like journaling and counseling and whatever, whatever is, you know, individual for the person for getting their emotions out and expressing that dancing, like whatever it is, making sure they're doing enough of that throughout the month. And then a really underrated thing is staying warm because cold, whether a deficiency of cold, so a deficiency of yang or excess cold is also a really common factor of period pain. So that means staying physically warm. So heating pads, wearing less crop tops, because I know it's all really popular right now, but it's all of that cold air and all that coldness going right into your back for your kidneys and your belly for your womb. And it's just going straight into your skin, into those organs. Um, And then wearing socks because there's some meridians that travel from the bottom of your feet to your uterus. So that's something I'm always telling my patients when you're on your period and especially my patients in the first trimester when they're pregnant in the early stages, always make sure you keep your feet warm because warm feet equals warm uterus and you want your uterus to be warm. So there's really good nourishment and blood circulation. So also like warm herbs, um, consuming a lot of warm food and drinks during your period and also leading up to your period, lots of ginger, cinnamon, curries, soups, stews, that kind of thing. These are all like, yeah, my, my favorite easy at home things you can do for, for period cramps. 
and I can just imagine you do all of them yourself too. And I'm a tad little bit jealous that you can give yourself acupuncture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I'll never forget when I was, I was in Indonesia in, in Bali in 2019 and I was staying in a place called Abud, which is quite common for like the yogi hippies up in the mm-hmm. hills and the trees, the monkeys. Yeah. And um, around the corner from where I was staying, there was an acupuncture school and it was a month long in-person everyday training. And mm-hmm. it was really about learning to give yourself acupuncture. Oh, wow. Um, and so I think you could extend the training and then become an acupuncturist, um, but you wouldn't be trained in traditional forms of Chinese medicine because I understand I see. to become a TCM practitioner, it's like four or five years of study. Oh, so yeah. how do you, how do you put all of that in, in a month? And oh, I was just like, but to learn, you know, just about the meridian lines and where the acupuncture points are, and obviously um, acupressure points, not just even like using the use of needles. And I was like, yeah. oh, I want to do this just so I can give myself acupuncture. Yeah, you know, like a, like a voodoo doll with needles all in my face. Um, but yeah, that's obviously you do a lot of these things. I love the warm socks tip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love the warm socks. And I think something that is a really common thing between Indian medicine and Chinese medicine is that warm foods, like our body is not designed to have cold foods. And I think particularly maybe different to you living in the Northern Hemisphere in a generally cold climate, tropically Mm -hmm. where I live, you know, people drink smoothies year round here, you know, and that's a go-to. And I'm like, stop drinking your smoothies. You don't like, (laughs) I, like I, I I drink a smoothie from time to time, but it's always towards the end of my spring, start of my summer in my cycle. Like that's when I'll do my smoothie. And it's always with room temperature. Mm -hmm. When it's like 35 degrees out and it's like 99% humidity, I'm like, sometimes I want something cool because my body is so over hot, like overheating. But we don't need smoothies when you're menstruating. It's too- no. <laughs> so I think that's a great, a great little add-in to all your beautiful keep the body warm and so yeah, we're warm-blooded creatures, and I don't think people realize that when you put cold, raw things into your stomach, it takes that much more energy for your body to to make it warm and body temperature and be able to break it down. And mm. yeah, there's smoothies and salads and all these things that people think are you know the the healthiest kinds of foods can actually be detrimental depending on your constitution and climate and there's a lot of factors but yeah it is really good to be mindful of the temperature of your foods we don't take that into account enough I don't think enough people know about it enough yeah really um but such great points Elle I think a memory that comes to mind is in two and the very end of 2019, just before COVID like mm-hmm. was a thing. Um, I was in India doing a Panchakarma Ayurvedic retreat for two weeks. Oh, and wow. I was there for the full 14 days and not once did a meal or a snack come out cold. Everything was room mm-hmm. temperature or hot. And it was a great lesson, you know, cause I'd studied Ayurveda a few years before that it was a great lesson of a reminder that we never had refrigerators and we <laughs> yeah. never had freezers. We haven't really had fridges and, ref- and refrigerators for that long in if we think of like the generations before us, like, you know, 200 years ago, there was not electricity to keep yeah. 
your bananas frozen in the freezer to make your smoothie, <laughs> let alone plug your blender in to blend your smoothie up. So I think so it's, um, yeah, it's like I've got a very big background in nutrition and I think a lot of people just forget how recent things are, like how mm-hmm. not even 100 years ago there were supermarkets around and we've yeah. only had packaged foods for the last like five to six decades. Like it's not, mm-hmm. these are all very relatively new things in society. And yeah. um, if you stuff anything up, just go back to the way that it was. No fridges, no freezers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep it <laughs> um, super traditional. That's mm, totally. Um, I would love to ask you about how your outlook on holistically treating endometriosis So how do you, as a TCM practitioner, but also a person, you know, currently representing endometriosis in your body, I don't don't like saying living with endometriosis because I don't Mm. like to confirm that with your body, but, you know, someone who's currently experiencing endometriosis, what are your top tips for endo that are TCM based? Yeah. So I think a lot of the things I talked about already with PMS and period pain, because those are two huge parts of endometriosis. There's a huge hormonal imbalance, typically estrogen dominance kind of component. So, and that translates a lot to liver chi stagnation symptoms. So working on moving your liver chi and keeping that blood circulation going, keeping your, um, your womb and your belly really nice and warm. So everything's nothing that's stuck because there's a ton of blood stasis in Chinese medicine regarding endometriosis. I focus a lot on gut health with endo because there's just a huge gut health and reproductive system component. That's a source of a lot of inflammation. And there's um, so much research with endometriosis regarding that there's a bacterial component, there's microbiome issues, there's a huge autoimmune component. And a lot of this is very much related to gut health. Uh, A huge portion of people with endometriosis have SIBO, either gastrointestinal infections, and even just um, a lot of people with endo are originally diagnosed with IBS and other gastrointestinal disorders as well, because a lot of the symptoms can kind of overlap and interchange and affect each other. So yeah, a lot of gut health stuff I work on with my patients and with myself too. That's really good to know because I think a lot of people do what we've kind of just been taught in society to do. It's like, oh, you have an earache? Just go and see the ear doctor and get your ear sorted. Oh, you mm-hmm. have a broken hand? Go and see the doctor that will fix you with the broken hand rather than why are you punching people in the face? Let's look focusing on yeah. that, like or how you broke your hand in the first place. Same yeah. thing with like um, skin, you know, a lot of people, which I think is a great, one, because everyone at some stage can be impacted by their appearance, mm-hmm. particularly with skin challenges. So if we think of acne or rosacea or um, eczema, um, psoriasis, any of those things, mm-hmm. is a lot of us just treat the skin. So they're like, oh, I'll just use this lotion or this cream or this right, oil. Yes. Or I'll use this scrub. When you're like, hang on a second, the skin grows from the inside. You know, yeah. it's like, how do you, let's go back to where it's from. And I think a lot of people with endometriosis might have missed the opportunity of really understanding that the gut health could be closely linked. So that's a great point. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. Mm, really yeah. good. Um, I'd love to ask a couple more questions if you've got time. Absolutely. Yeah. 
how does traditional Chinese medicine focus on bringing the overall cycle back to balance? Because we've talked about so many tips and I'm sure some of these tips will link into what your answer will be with this. But if someone's just like, look, I don't have endo and I don't really have mm-hmm. super bad period cramps, just sometimes. And sometimes I'm like mood swingy in my PMS, you know, pre-menstrual witchy kind of phase. But yeah. how can those people and everyone look at bringing their cycle back to balance with a TCM focus? Yeah, well, I think even if you have just a little bit of period cramps sometimes or a little bit of PMS sometimes, that's those are symptoms in and of itself that there's something going on, that there's an imbalance. Like we really should get our periods very easily and not notice a lot of symptoms that interfere with our daily lives, our period should come and go, it shouldn't be a huge disruptive event. And if it does, if there's anything, if you dread that time of your cycle, because your mood changes so much, and so you always get to fight with your partners and stuff, that is pathological, that is very common, but not necessarily normal. It's not a sign of good health in your body. So I think it's just important to be wise of these signs and to honor that your body is trying to tell you a message that something is wrong and that there is an imbalance. And yeah, if you go to your Western doctor or say, oh, I get a little bit moody before my period or oh, I get some cramps sometimes, they're probably going to say, oh yeah, that's normal. That's fine. Here's an antidepressant or here's some painkillers. But with Chinese medicine, we, we look at the whole body because there's always other things going on too. Even if it's super minuscule, there's always little clues that tell us what is going on with your organ systems, with how your chi is flowing through the meridians and, and everything that can tell us what's going on with your constitution. So how we can better, better your health in general, and also to prevent disease because holistic medicine is inherently a a medicine of prevention. We want to treat a lot of these symptoms before they start becoming bigger problems because they're kind of a sign that bigger problems could be down the road. You are so spot on, like really, really spot on. So thank you for speaking to that. Um, what would you say, like to kind of summarize, I've got two final questions to summarize, knowing that TCM can support that, knowing what you've mentioned about stagnation support, cramping support, premenstrual support, all of the things, what are your top, you know, three to five tips for consistent healthy cycles with TCM. Mm. So what are your TCM tips to a healthy cycle? Okay. So like yeah, the daily, the, the people can do daily. Yeah. Yeah. At home. So the warm stuff, have something warm with each meal for sure. Don't start your day with something cold. So don't, yeah, don't start with that icy cold smoothie that most people start with. Have just like a warm glass of like lemon water before you have it at least or something. So something warm each day go to bed at a decent time. We, as a society, never get enough sleep and don't go to bed at a decent time. In Chinese medicine, you're supposed to be in bed asleep by like 11 p.m. at the latest because in the Chinese medicine clock, 11 to one is gallbladder time, one to three is liver time and the liver and gallbladder are kind of a pair organ system. 
and you need to be asleep during that time so the blood can return to your liver and nourish it and be all nice and healthy and calm. And if we're awake during that time, our body can't regenerate properly and we can be very blood deficient or it can cause stagnation or other liver problems. So be in bed by 11 p.m., no exceptions. I really don't believe that people should inherently are like actually night owls. <laughs> I kind of think that's a bit of a, a bit of a hoax. I think night owls just have dysregulated cortisol, but that's another topic for another story. Um, so yeah, the warmth, go to bed, and then get moving every day. And so that means a little bit of physical movement, get some steps in, do some stretches. Your body is made and designed to move every day. So give it that so your cheek can flow. I love all of those tips. I live and swear by all of them myself. And I, when you said 11 o'clock, I'm like, I would have said 10, the late, at the very latest. Oh, I would have said by 10, for sure. Yeah, like, 11 at the don't, absolute latest. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I've had some, I've had a fair few like work nights from time to time. Of course. You know, I would probably say like maybe two to three times a whole year. I'm like in that flow of work. I'm like, oh my God, it's got all these ideas. Blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. like, holy shit, it's one o'clock. Yeah. And then, and then I noticed the next day that like my whole body is like in this, huge cortisol high so um yeah really really interesting um now al thank you so much for all of your beautiful guidance today how can everyone find you sure i'm c of chi healing on instagram and and tiktok and c of chi for my website um i see people in person in Vancouver at the clinic I work at, and I'm working towards being able to see people virtually internationally, hopefully sometime this year, but it's in the works. And what is the spelling of your Instagram? Just for everyone who's unsure of how to spell that. Sure. <laughs> uh, it's C, uh, S-E-A underscore of underscore Chi, Q-I underscore healing. I love that. Thank you for sharing. All the links will be in our show notes as well. So you can easily find those. If you're listening, you can head over to the website at wellson.com forward slash podcast. Um, final podcast question. We're switching gears up a bit and I talk to everyone about this. Um, when it comes to your younger self, I want you to think back to your younger mm. menstruating self. What are three tips you wish you had have known when you started menstruating? that you now mm-hmm. know today? Ooh, that is really good. Um, I don't know. Oh, that's, I was just one of those really weird kids that was like really excited to get my period for no reason. Um, and so I, I just remember just dying to get it. I, I think I got my period at 14. And so I was like a bit on the later side compared to my friends. And I just remember being so jealous that everyone else had their period and I wanted to experience it too. I mean, it's kind of, it makes sense the field I got into, like I get it now, but um, I think I would just tell myself that like, it, it is important and you are gonna really like it. And it is a really fun event and it should be something you look forward to. And yeah, just to, to honor, start honoring that cycle. Before we hit record, we were talking about how we both didn't end up wanting to be in these fields when we first started out and we were just like, oh, here we are. And yeah. um, I, my, yeah, I was very much the same. And Oh, no and, way. Yeah, really. I was just, 
Oh God, what do I do? I had a swimming carnival and I had to like quickly teach myself how to use a tampon because my oh, mom perfect. didn't use bags, she only used a tampon. And, <laughs> and I was just like, I, I put this thing where? And I was the late, I was the last one of all my friends and my dad also didn't let me shave my legs until I had my period. <laughs> I was like this oh my God. and a half year old girl who was really tomboyish, who couldn't shave her legs and then all of a sudden had a period, could shave her legs, oh, but then wow. had, to, had to swim and I was very, very sporty at school. And, oh, my God, it was just like, it was a nightmare. Let's just say yeah, it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a terrible nightmare, but it was mm-hmm. stressful for a young teen who knew nothing about it. Um, you know, all I learned yeah. in, my, in my period, Ed, was sex ed and how to roll a condom on a banana. <laughs> that right. was it. <laughs> Anyway, moving on, they're great tips. And um, Alison, I've thoroughly loved our conversation today. And oh, I've so taken good. So good. Out of it. And I, I hope everyone else has as well. Do you have any final ti- like any final tips, points, lines, quotes, or anything that you want to share before we wrap up? Yeah, um, I think I think just if you feel like something is wrong and just always continue to advocate for yourself, there's there is a healthcare practitioner holistic or Western or something that will be able to help you. So don't give up the search. It can be hard to find someone to listen to you, but there is someone out there that can help you. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, thank you for being thank you. Thank you for sharing. All thank of you your so wisdom. much for having me. Um, it's been an absolute joy. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. 